It is time for another listener episode, which I absolutely love. This is, I guess, now the third one that we've done. And it's just so nice to get to talk to some of our listeners. And they really bring the stories. So if you want to be in a listener episode, I I would love to do one once a month, which is what we've been doing. So please just send me a ghost story in an email. And even if I've like... You know, if you already sent it to me before, whatever, just put listener episode in the headline or the subject line of the email at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. And then uh, maybe we can work it out to have you on on one of these listener episodes. I have big news before we get into it. The next live ghosted in Los Angeles, California will be on the 21st of January. It's a Tuesday, and the show is at 8 p.m., and it is also at the Cavern Club Celebrity Theater at the world-famous restaurant Casita del Campo in Silver Lake, which is the same place that we did the first live show. And uh, I have Alessandra Torresani, recent uh, podcast guest. She will be there with me as well. And I really can't wait. And I think it's it's going to be a great Christmas gift if you live in an area not far or in Los Angeles. It'd be a great gift for your friend that likes to listen to the show. And uh, if you want to get those tickets... You can get them on brownpapertickets.com and you just search Ghosted with an explanation point by Ross Dress for Less Live and the ticket should come up. And if you have a problem, you can't find the tickets, just send me a message. I'll send you the link. Okay, let's listen to some listeners. I've been ghosted too. Is this Christina? This is. How are you? I'm good. I just got home from work. So I'm like, I was awaiting your call and I'm excited. Amazing. How where, are you? Where are you? I'm in Pittsburgh. Oh, cool. I actually have never been yeah. to Pittsburgh. Oh my gosh, Tom, you'd love it. Live show, <laughs> maybe. Um, okay, what are we talking about today? So um, we are talking about my dad's house. Okay. So like I said, I'm from Pittsburgh. And um, my family, especially my dad's side of the family, we've all kind of like had this sixth sense about us. You know, my grandmother specifically, my paternal grandmother, um, who I'm like her mini-me. <laughs> and uh, so we're all super intuitive, um, have had like, experiences i mean since i was a kid i like similar to you i can walk into a room and feel like i can feel the energy i can feel when something's like freaky totally um yeah so um but uh yeah 
show, we are all like that. And as a kid, it freaked me out. And I would always feel it at my grandparents' house, um, but which is now my dad's house. And my dad grew up in a town called Monongahela, which is like south of Pittsburgh. It's like an old, like, blue-collar mining town. And this house is like 200 years old. And I know that my, yeah, right, yeah. And I know that my family, the house has been in my family, like my grandfather grew up in this house. So it was passed, like his brother had it, and then my grandparents lived there when I was a kid. That's really cool. And yeah, so it's it's nice that it's been in the, the family the whole time. But like as a kid, when I would go and sleep there, I did not sleep at all. Like I was always freaked out. There was always something, and I didn't like it. See, like, like you were a spooky kid. <laughs> I was afraid to be a spooky kid. I ah. was like, it scared me so much. So I feel like I actually, I mean, I consider myself today to be a psychic empath. And um, then I feel like I had put this block up that, like, if I hadn't done that, who knows what my abilities could be today. Because mm. now it's like, you know, it's super opened up especially since I uh, turned 30. That, like, was a whole whirlwind. But anyway. What are, um, what, what's the, who, is there a specific spirit that lives there? So the experience that I know of, that, well, there's, there's been lots of experiences, but the one was my grandfather. Um, so my main story, uh, well, there's lots of things that have happened in the house. And when, about 15 years ago, my twin sister and I, who's also a huge fan of yours and the show, Caitlin. Oh, hi, Caitlin. Uh, we, <laughs> we were at my dad's for Father's Day weekend. And, you know, things happen like lights shut on and off and doors shut and, you know, stuff like that. So it's not out of the ordinary. We were all sitting on the porch. And my dad had sent my sister in to get something from the kitchen. And she came out. And when my dad went in after her, he came out and yelled at her for leaving the kitchen light on. Now, let me preface, too. My dad is, like, big Italian guy, like, tough guy, uh, you know. So, of course, he, like, yelled at us, like, why'd you leave the light on? And she's like, I didn't. I swear, I didn't. So, we're still hanging out. And uh, not too long later, my dad goes inside. And a few minutes later, when he comes out, and for lack of a better term, he looks like he's seen a ghost. And, yeah, we were like, we're like, Dad, what's wrong? He's like, you're not going to believe me if I I tell you. So he sits down and he begins to tell us that when he went in um, to the kitchen, the light was on. And he was like, and he knew he was the last one in, so he couldn't blame any of us. And, um... He said out loud, who turned the goddamn light on? And he hears a voice say, I did. And he looks over in the corner and he sees my grandfather standing there. Yeah. And at this point, when my dad is telling us this, he immediately breaks down in tears. Whoa. So, like, he's, he's yeah, he's one of those guys that, like, to see him cry is a rarity. Yeah. And um, so it was like, oh my God, like it was even more um, validating. Totally. That, 
that was a thing. So he starts, and um, I guess my grandfather said, Happy Father's Day. Stop. And then he was gone. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of cool. So it's like a Father's Day gift visit, like from his dad. Yeah. It's kind of like a mic like, drop so- moment. Where he was just like, it was me. You got a problem with it? Didn't think so. Happy Father's Day. Bye. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, the, you know, you have to poke back in the room. And by the way, happy Father's Day. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gosh. So, but it freaked me out. I was not cool. And people would say like, oh, but it's your grandfather. And I'd be like, I don't care. You know, <laughs> I don't want you to haunt me. But again, I was so scared then. And now I, I feel a little bad now that I like took such a hard line. But um, he gets it. He understands. Yeah. But the thing I always I, say about that kind of stuff is like, okay, I have one grandfather that's um, still living right now. And if all of a sudden he popped into my kitchen and then disappeared... Even though he's alive right now, I would scream if I was not expecting my grandfather to be there. If I went home right now in California, my grandfather lives in Michigan. In my mind, there's no way he would ever be there. All of a sudden, he's just standing there. He's like, hey, what's up? I would scream. So, yeah, you have every right to be, like, weirded out. You you get it. It's just like, you know, and I, I loved it. My pap half, I loved him. He died when I was in kindergarten. So I did know him a little bit. But it's still like, yeah, you're a ghost. I don't care. <laughs> like, don't come and see me, like, at all. So I used to, like, sleep with the covers over my head, like, like tucked under my eyes before I would go to sleep for years. Like, it, it, I was in college staying at my dad's, and I would still do it because I was, like, so scared. Because there's other freaky things that have happened in that house, too. Like what? Not just us. Well, okay, so um, there's a story that right after my grandfather passed, um, my grandmother and my uncle were in the basement writing um, thank you cards to people. And my grandmother lived in the house at this time still. And she had had a bucket of water next to the tub. I guess she was cleaning. I don't know. And so it was next to the tub on the, on the bathroom floor. And they were downstairs and they hear this loud crash. And my uncle goes upstairs and the bucket is turned over inside of the tub. Whoa. So how did that bucket get in the tub? I want to see the footage. There's got to be footage. That's why you got to set up cameras everywhere. Because right? that means it right? lifted yeah, up, exactly. went into the tub, and dumped over. It, uh, yeah, because it was next to the, uh, the tub on the floor. So Weird. how did it get in there? I mean, it would be freaky enough just for it to dump over, but to then be in the tub. But also, why? Crazy. Like, right, why does like, that need to happen? Right. Well, right. And okay, so like then another story, my uncle, that same uncle, he lives in Maryland. So he and his wife were in visiting and and they were staying in the room that my sister and I would always stay in, which I always, the upstairs was, I mean, the whole house is creepy, but the upstairs was super creepy. And they would sit, they were staying in that room. And I guess my uncle had like gotten up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. My aunt was sleeping. And, like, she got up when he came back, and she felt a compression down, like like somebody sat on the bed at the foot of the bed. Ooh. And she said something to 
my uncle and he didn't respond. And so she looked up and no one was there, but there was an indent. And then like, like somebody was sitting there and then the indent slowly like raised up. That is such a like classic ghost move. Like even that haunted bed and breakfast that I stayed at, there were so many stories of that. Like, oh, you can just like, someone will sit on the bed and there's no one there. And, like, why does it have to be 2 a.m., you know? Like, well, and another on. thing is, like, you when you sit on a bed, I feel like there's probably a wider, sp- like, a wider imprint than your actual butt. So I feel like... Oh, sure. Like, I would be mad. I wouldn't want to do that move because I'd be like, oh, these people are going to think I got a big, wide ass. <laughs> That's where my head is. Girl, you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was and it was crazy. And now what my dad has always said, first of all, my dad would be really mad if he knew I was telling all these stories. <laughs> because he doesn't want people to think we're like nuts. But it's it obviously it's real, it happens. Um, but he always said that we shouldn't be afraid of it because that even though the house is two hundred years old, it's been family for years and years and years. Yeah. So odds are it's probably family. Um, and I think like they've moved on. It's just residual stuff and you know, I think you could I think you could come and say hey if you wanted to, I would think, after you die. But so, also like I mean, I don't want my family to see everything I'm doing at all no. times. I mean, my family no. would get mad about some things that I'm doing and I don't want them to uh-huh, like totally. be in my house haunting me and get mad because I did something and then like, I don't want... But I guess, I mean, yeah, I totally get what he's saying though. That is, it could be way worse. Right. Could be way worse. Absolutely. I don't think any of it is malicious or anything like that. But I mean, and as I've gotten older, I think I've accepted it. But I also, like, haven't had to go and sleep at my dad's in a long time. Yeah. So, I'm cool. But he still <laughs> deals with this, like, every day? Like, there's stuff going on or what? Well, so, my dad travels a lot, too. So, he's really not there that often. In fact, I think he's um, planning to sell his house um, soon. You got to so keep it in the family. Is, I know, I know, but I don't want to live there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't want that out. Yeah. It's great. It's just, like, and there is, there is something about it. Like, because when you talked about it, I was like, aw. But then I was also like, you shut your mouth. Because you've done nothing but bitch for years about this house. And now it's like, aw. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah. So, um, but, yeah, who who knows? It, it's he... He has things like, like the lights flickering on and off. And, and that's just like what he tells us. You know, I don't know what he, I did. He, I guess right after my grandfather died, he did see, like he was standing outside of the house and he looked up in the window and he saw my grandfather in the window. Really oh, fast. wow. And then it, yeah. And then it went away. And I think he kind of shook it off. Like my dad just died, you know, like, but yeah. So it wasn't his first appearance in the house. Wow. So. That's yeah. really crazy. Um, d- yeah, because didn't you have something about a theater or something? Oh, yes. Well, you read my story. A theater ghost? What else? <laughs> <laughs> so that happened to me. <laughs> Wait, which one was that? Which theater ghost? So that was the one where um, I did a performance over the summer at a um, small, old theater. 
and I was getting ready for my performance and I had like all, all my peeps were in the audience that night. And I was, I got a little nervous and I don't, I don't get nervous, but I, I did. I got a little nervous and I was like bent down, like pulling up my socks. And, um, I was like kind of saying like a little prayer and just like, Oh, I hope everything goes well. And I felt like a little pat on the middle of my back. Oh, that's like, right. a, yeah, it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, like that energy. And I turned around and no one was there. Mm. And I was in my dressing room with the door shut. <sighs> yeah. So, but I, it ended up being my best performance of the run. Hey. <laughs> so, yeah. So I was like, this is nice. Thank you. <laughs> Whoa. That's really crazy. Yeah. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Sacramento, California. Oh, cool. Um, hopefully I'll be going up to San, San Francisco <gasps> soon and yes! doing a live show. Oh, I, I can't wait. Yeah. Um, okay, what are we talking about today? All right, so I'm going to be telling you about the time that I sort of performed an exorcism at my friend's house, and it worked. What? Okay. <laughs> sounds a little bit crazy. <laughs> so are you a full-on house exorcist? Uh, not officially, but it you, worked. So listen, I'm you can start yes. a business. I, I've, I've considered it. I think <laughs> I could make some good money. Um, ghosted listeners, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> totally. If you live in the Sacramento area and your house is possessed, I got a girl for you. Hit me up in the Facebook group. <laughs> Wait, so, okay, what happened? Okay, so as a little bit of backstory, I was raised in a very um, conservative Christian home. My dad was a pastor when I was young, and he had performed some exorcisms, Whoa. but he would never tell me about them, and he still won't to this day, so I feel like some shady stuff happens. Wow. But... So I already had some experience with this. I was obsessed with, you know, ghost hunters and all of those shows. So I met a friend um, and we bonded because of our love of spooky stuff. And so she started telling me about her super haunted house. So it was this old farmhouse. It was built in the 1800s. And she told me that they would hear things moving around in other rooms and they would hear running up and down the stairs, which I didn't think was too strange. And then she said that her mom would wake up randomly and see an old man standing at the end of her bed, just casually watching her sleep. Ew. So I thought that was a little bit um, uncomfortable. And then she told me about what was happening upstairs, which is where her and all of her siblings slept. So there was some sort of dark entity up there that was preying on my friend. She would wake up and be paralyzed. It, I, I imagine some of this was probably due to sleep paralysis, but there were too many other things that happened to just count it as that. But she would wake up and there would just be this big black thing on top of her. She said it looked like the demon from Insidious, if you've ever seen that. Oh, wow. Except not nearly as much like Darth Maul as the one from Insidious did. Yeah, that one so, is scary. Yes. And so that... And it would stick its claws in her hair and it would whisper things to her like, you're going to die. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your whole family. All of these, you know, horrifying things. Oh, my God. Yeah. And she's just casually telling me this in like an ice cream shop. And I'm just (laughs) enthralled. And so her mom had had a psychic friend actually come and walk through the house to see if she picked anything up. 
and they hadn't told her anything that was going on. So she picked out the old man right away, and she said that there was a portal in my friend's mom's bathroom, which was causing all of this problem. There was, you know, the veil was thin there, so things were coming through that were not welcome. And she wouldn't even go upstairs. She said, there is something dark and malicious upstairs, and it wants to hurt you. (gasps) So, (laughs) So with that, I decided that I, at 16 years old, could fix this problem for them. So I went home and I started my research. So I found, like, scriptures. I found some, you know, the Lord's Prayer. I had my mom's old Bible. And so I went to my friend's house for the first time, and I... I snuck upstairs uh, while she was cooking dinner. So she had no idea whatsoever that I was doing this, which is very important to note. So I sneak upstairs. Now, in my particular religion, I've heard you mention it once or twice on the show, but we believe in speaking in tongues. Ah, okay. Is basically just like praying, but you're sort of just making sounds. Uh-huh. And God's supposed to know what you mean. I don't really understand it, but... I decided to give that a shot. I would do everything in my arsenal. So I was speaking in tongues. I was, you know, reciting verses, the Lord's Prayer. And I just kept saying over and over, you know, I command you to leave. In the name of God, I command you to leave and all these things. Quietly, of course, because their entire family is downstairs. And I don't want them to think I'm a crazy person. So once I got to the top of the stairs, I had finished the whole upstairs. And it was like I could hear someone laughing at me. And it just freaked me out. So I ran back downstairs, didn't tell my friend, put my Bible away and just thought, okay, I hope this does something. So the next day, my friend comes up to me at school and she goes, I had the scariest dream last night. The demon came to me and it was saying, how dare you try to get rid of me? You can't get rid of me. I'm more powerful than all of you and all of these things. And she had no idea what I was talking about. And she was so scared. She was like, I didn't do anything. I didn't try to get rid of it. And so then I felt horrible because I accidentally pissed off a demon. Um, But luckily, after that dream, it never came back again. So apparently, I actually was strong enough to get rid of it. It was its its last-ditch effort to scare her, and it didn't work. And so I don't know how effective it actually was, but I like to say I exercised her house because they never had any problems again. Whoa. Interesting. <laughs> so would you would you be open to doing it again if if the opportunity like actually presented itself? Oh, absolutely. I oh. would love to. I I would love to do exorcisms too. I've always felt really drawn to that. And I've actually been um on a lot of the lives of Elena's your former podcast guest. Uh-huh. Um, and I've been working on kind of opening myself up more and being less scared of the spooky side of things. So yeah. who knows, maybe in a few years. That's pretty fearless, like at 16 especially, just to like go up there with this insidious demon and just be like speaking in tongues. Yeah, I I wish I was as fearless at 24 as I was at 16 because that was pretty ballsy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know much about speaking in tongues. I know drag queens, we speak in tongues. We do tongue pops. We go. <laughs> it's slightly different. Is that the same thing? Like with enough tongue pops, you could probably get a demon out of somewhere, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you, is it true that you also, like, worked at a haunted cookie factory? 
Yes, I did work at a haunted cookie factory. <laughs> so um, the cookie factory is near Sacramento, and it used to be an old hotel, but part of it burned down in, I believe it was the late 1800s. And the factory's been around since 1892. Whoa. So a few people had died in the fire, but we couldn't find names of anyone. And so when I started working there, one of the first things people asked me was, you know, have you heard about the ghosts? Hmm. And I, I was like, what ghosts? Let me find them immediately. So um, we were working night shift one night, and my boss, who had had the most experiences, he was actually one of the owners of the company. He was standing there. He was facing us, and all of us were facing him, just working. And all of a sudden, I look up, and for lack of a better word, it looked like he had seen a ghost. His face had just gone sheet white, and as soon as I looked at him, he looked away. So I said, what was it? What's going on? And he said, nothing, nothing. And he would not tell us because he didn't want to scare us. So finally, we got it out of him. And he said, the little girl was behind you guys. (sighs) (sighs) So, of course, internal panic immediately. Apparently, there's a little girl that haunts the factory. And there's a spiral where the cookies cool off. And she likes to sit cross-legged right in the middle and just stare at people. (laughs) Well, I mean, ghosts are cold. So maybe she was helping cool off yeah, the cookies um oh yeah or that yeah she but i mean if if i if i was a child god that might be terrible because she probably can't eat the cookies <gasps> yes well the cookies were terrible anyway so oh okay I suppose it was a bonus for her <laughs> but there was an old man ghost also that would follow people around and once he had there was one guy left in the building and he was shutting everything down and he could like he would turn his head and he would see somebody run behind him and it was happening the whole time. And this is a big factory. So it's creepy when the lights are shut out and eventually he got everything shut out and ran out so fast. He sent us a picture of himself on the freeway saying, I'm never going back there by myself again. Oh and my gosh. Like a grown man, skeptic. Yeah. Did not believe in ghosts. So safe to say those cookies had a little extra spooky ingredients to them yeah um did you but did you personally ever encounter them though i never got to physically see them but i did get to hear some fun things so i was i had come late and so during a break i stayed behind and everyone else went to break so i was sitting there sleeping and it was completely silent and there's a metal detector where if a cookie goes under it that has metal in it It'll bang open and drop all the cookies out. However, there were no cookies. Nothing was on. And all of a sudden, this machine just starts going bang, 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 bang over and over again. And so I turned to look at it. And as soon as I looked at it, it stopped. And so I walked towards it. I said, okay, feel like you guys are here. So just so you know, I'm here to play, you know, come on out. And so I heard a laugh from the other side of the room. And turned around just in time to see a shadow go by the corner of my eye. So it I it could have been my imagination, but I am a wholehearted believer and I knew there were ghosts. So I'm saying the ghost paid me a visit. Wait, wait, wait. So the ghost laughed? Yes. I heard a little kid laugh and we knew that there was a little girl. And then I turned and out of the corner of my eye, I saw a shadow run away. But didn't you also say that at the other place, the exorcism, that demon laughed? Yes, 
I don't know why all of these spiritual creatures are laughing at me, but I'm not a fan. <laughs> yeah, you must be hilarious in like the ghost world, and the and the you you could be like a headlining comedian in yeah. the in the spiritual realm. There... Yes, I will headline hell as soon as I get there. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it sounds like you're just killing out there. Um, wow, a haunted cookie factory. That's very. And this is up in Sacramento. Yes, it is. It's a family-run business called Spawn's Cookies. Shout out to Spawn. Spawn. Sorry, I said your cookies are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and so everybody knows about the ghosts. I became the um, the ghost welcomer, so people would come in, the the new employees, and I would be the first one to tell them all the ghost stories everyone had had and make sure they were nice and spooked. We named the little girl, I believe they named her Clarissa, and so we would talk to her sometimes, just just seeing if she was around. She oh loved to mess gosh. with people, though. Ovens would go off at weird times. None of the machines worked right. So, yeah. That's, haunted cookie factory. I feel like every haunted job has to have that one ghost ambassador. The person that, you know, is like, oh, you're new around here? Well, have you encountered Clarissa yet? What? Who's that? Oh, you'll see. <laughs> I love that. That's almost exactly how every one of those interactions went down. So, yes. Um, the ghost ambassador, and I'm putting that on my resume. <laughs> Along with house exorcist, um, teenage, yes. teenage home exorcist. Um, well, this is great. I'm so happy I got to talk to you. Uh, Thank you so much for calling. You're fulfilling my dream of being on a podcast. This is a weird dream I've had for a very long time. Oh, yay. Well, um, if you happen to you know, encounter any other ghosts or exercise any other houses, hit me up and we can uh, have you back on. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Is this Blake? This is. Hi, Blake. So we're recording already. Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> where are you calling from? I am currently calling from Nashville, Tennessee. What are you doing in Nashville? I am a costume designer professionally out here. I work for a theater company, but I do so many different things. I'm a drag queen myself. I'm a tarot reader. I obviously do clothes. I'm a wig maker. I wear several hats. Wow. You keep busy. That's an understatement. And you're also someone that uh, has experienced ghosts? I have. I have so many stories. (laughs) So, let's hear about the ghosts of Fullerton, California. Ooh! Um, I am originally from Anaheim. I grew up literally right behind Disneyland. Like, the parking structures on the corner of Ball and Walnut, basically, and I lived on the other side of that intersection. So, did you just hear fireworks all night? Completely. Like, I could literally see them from my bedroom window. Whoa. Um... And that house had, like, some spooky things, but it was never what I would really call, like, haunted. And then we decided we were moving, and so my mom set up—this was when I was mm, 16 or 17—my mom set up a viewing of this house that she had told me about. She told me I would love it because it's all vintage on the inside. It's from, like—it was remodeled in, like, the 70s, and so everything's avocado green and super chic. I love that. Um, Oh my God, obsessed. Now, the thing that she didn't tell me is that the house had sat empty for 11 years before we moved in. 
And the reason that it had sat <laughs> like unoccupied for those 11 years is because the previous owner had passed away and her kids who the house basically fell on to didn't want to deal with it. And so they just left it unoccupied. So we were the first people to do the view, do a viewing of the house period. And when we walked in Roz, I swear to God, it literally was like the day that the previous owner had passed away. Like her mail was still on the counter. Like her Whoa. dishes were still in the cupboards. Her clothes were still in the closet. Like the whole deal. And so we were like, this is a strange, like little time capsule moment. And, was like, anybody like every- dusting it or anything? No, it literally was just like, it was like the door had closed when she died and then they opened it and let us in. Whoa. Like, yeah, it was like retrospectively spooky. At the time I was like young and stupid and was like, this is so neat. (laughs) So we ended up buying the house and I moved in before the rest of my family because they were still packing up at the previous house. And so I was in the house for like four days by myself and literally right away, I was like, this feels kind of weird. And it's one of those old houses with wooden floors that like have a lot of space underneath the wooden floors. So like all steps really echo through the house and you can really hear everything. Mm -hmm. And so my first couple nights, I like started to hear what I thought were like maybe footsteps around the house, but I was like, no, maybe not. And so time like kind of went by it was sort of like pretty low-key for a while and then I started doing a lot of cooking in the kitchen and it still had the original avocado green stove in it and I was like baking something one day and I pulled the stove or the oven door open and I noticed right next to the oven in a space between the oven and the counter next to it there was this little like wooden stick thing hanging on a nail on the cupboard And so I picked it up and pulled it out and it was this like hand carved wooden thing used for pulling racks out of the oven, but it had the name Angela burned into it. Um, And Angela was the name of the woman who owned the house who passed away. And so I was like, Oh, that's kind of neat. And so I literally just put it back and I was like, I'm going to leave this here. Like as just sort of a way to like honor her and like be respectful of her space. And right after that happened and I had that moment, stuff really started kicking up in the kitchen So, like, I would be in there, my dog would be at my feet, and, like, a ball would just roll across the floor from the other side of the room towards my dog. Uh. Like, just completely out of nowhere. Um, But, like, most of the time when I was in the kitchen cooking, it was just sort of this really warm presence, just very full of love. Like, it felt like she was really there with me and really liked what we were doing with the space. However, there was a separate entity in that house that was not very nice. And that one... Sorry. Say what now? Uh-huh. So this one, Roz, retrospectively, I'm not sure this one was ever human. Like, it's one of those things that had such a darkness to it where I was like, I never was one to be like, it's demons. But, like, it, it might be demons. Why? So, so it started, I used to have this group of friends, and we would Skype every single night. Um, and like, we would just get home from school or whatever. None of us lived near each other. We'd all met like online randomly. And so we would just like get home from school, open our laptops and the Skype call would already be running. We would just jump in and out of it. And we would talk from like literally getting home from school until like four in the morning sometimes. 
And so one of these nights I was lying in bed and there's a big window next to the bed that I'm staying or next to the bed in my bedroom. And, um, I'm laying there. It's like 3am, which, you know, um, I'm on Skype with all of my friends and literally like clear as day on the other side, like from the window, I heard what sounded like a fingernail tap three times, Mm. tap, tap, tap on the window and it froze me. Like, ice went through my veins. I was like, I am done. I'm done. And I literally, like, closed my laptop, rolled over, and was just like, I'm going to sleep now. And Now, do we that... think Angela had some um, sickening acrylic nails, or do we think it was a demon claw? <laughs> she was, like, standing on the other side, smoking a cigarette out of a cigarette holder, and just tap, tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. But it, it could <laughs> be a demon claw as well which are easy to mistake. Well, and they say too, and I didn't know this at the time that like tap tapping in threes and sixes is supposedly like of the devil. Like (laughs) if you hear like knocks and things, usually it's okay. Unless it comes in like threes or sixes. I don't know. So this happens truly probably like four more times. And I haven't said a word about it to anyone in my family. So I'm literally just like, keeping like biting my tongue, minding my business. And then one night my mom and sister went out of town. I was like 17, maybe almost 18 at this point. And I, my mom asked me to sleep in her bed because our dog slept in my mom's bed. Um, and she wanted me to keep the dog company. And so while my mom and sister were out of town, I was sleeping in my mom's bed in my mom's room. And the first night I'm there by myself, I'm laying in my mom's bed on the other side of the house. It's the middle of the night. I'm falling asleep. And outside of the window that is truly, it's one of those windows that's at the top of the ceiling, like, or top of the wall, just like below the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Like literally the only purpose is to like let heat out or whatever. On the other side of that window, which truly from the outside of the house is like 10 feet off the ground, three fucking taps. (sighs) And so that happened. My mom came back into town a couple days later and I was like, hey, just out of curiosity, have you noticed anything like this? Have you heard like any of this happening? And she's like, no, that's so weird because my mom's not going to like indulge me. And I swear to God, the next day, the next morning, she's like, Blake, I swear to God, literally as I was falling asleep last night, three taps at my window. And so this game sort of continues and it happens to everyone in the family at different points. And it just sort of goes on for a while. And so around the same time, stuff starts getting more wild in the house. Like it'll be the middle of the night and we'll hear like cupboard slamming in the kitchen or like footsteps, like pounding through the house. And there was one night where everyone in the family thought it was someone else doing it. Like, my sister and my mom thought it was me because it was coming from my side of the house. I thought it was my sister because she walked heavily. Um, and, like, my sister thought it was me. And so we all had this moment of being like, oh, none of us were those footsteps. So I, at the time, was working. I was 18 by this point because I was working at Velvet Lounge in Santa Ana, California, doing costuming for at the time Chanel's show. Wait a minute. Um, That's the place that um, Jasmine Master says is haunted in the basement. 
it sure as fuck is. <laughs> and truly, everybody who works there has stories about it. Like, oh, wow. if you ask Dolly Levi, she will talk your ear off well, about it. Yeah. Um, cause Dolly, well, yeah. Um, because Dolly has literally like, she said that she sat there and just fully had conversations with the little girl in the basement. <laughs> and like, it's this young girl who is really interested in like what we're doing. And she likes all of the shiny things and the sparkly things. And so she'll just sort of like stand around the dressing room and like watch us. <gasps> but, um, I heard someone say my name down there when I was the only person in that basement. And I thought it was someone like at the top of the stairs, like calling down to me. And so I ran across the basement and went like ran upstairs because there's a little hallway, like right outside the door to the basement and no one was standing in that hallway. And so I went out into like the main part of the club and went to our stage manager who would have been the person who would yell down to me. And I was like, Hey, did you just call me? And she's like, no, I've been out here. And I was like, cool. Great. So, and stuff like that happened to us all the time. Like, props would go missing from the show and then just randomly show back up on different entertainer stations um like kooky stuff and so this one night i had worked there i had come home late it was probably like 2 45 in the morning and i like completely sober get out of my car like walk up the door unlock both of the doors both the big heavy wooden door and the screen close and lock both of them behind me because that was something I really cared about and I was like very meticulous about doing it and so literally just like locked the doors ran up the corner got in bed fell asleep sometime later I am woken up by what literally sounded like a bomb going off in my living room like the loudest just bang I have ever heard like it was as if you like slammed an incredibly heavy door closed with like all of the strength in your body just this cacophonous like bang and so I jump out of bed and throw my bedroom door open and my mom also had come out of her room and basically like met me in the living room at the same time and we both looked at the front door and both the screen and the heavy wooden door were completely open <gasps> like just busted open in completely different directions just open Whoa. and i had like locked and deadbolted them like truly probably less than an hour before and my mom literally was like what were you doing and i was like i was asleep and she literally was like cool and like just sort of turned around and went back into her bedroom but that is so scary it was wild and so it was with the sort of like separation between because like there truly was this like loving wonderful energy in that house but it was also very much counteracted by this just like really dark oppressive energy that sort of like it seemed almost like one was trying to get the other like not to get like totally woo-woo about it but it seems like because there was such a loving like glowing energy that I felt like came from Angela whatever was sort of like suppressing her in her life like maybe it was like a toxic relationship with her husband or something like that like I feel like that sort of oppression carried over and so both sort of existed in the space um oh, poor so Angela she was all alone with it for 10 years well that's exactly it and I feel like when energies are sort of just left in spaces like that and we always say that like our objects have energy and like we sort of like put little bits of ourselves into all of the things we have and that's you know the whole thing about like 
you know, sage your vintage clothes because you'll bring a ghost home. Mm-hmm. Um, but like all Which I never things, do. Whoops. I know, right? A, a, a bunch of my friends think that one of my sewing machines is haunted because <laughs> it's like a 1951. It's it, anyway, it's a long story. But um, so all of your objects have energies. And so when they're just sort of left in a space that you like sort of physically no longer occupy in a space that's just open and like all of that energy is sort of just echoing and amplifying in that space for so long, like no shit things are going to be crazy in it. Yeah. Um, so what's so, the latest with the house? Sorry. What's going on with the house now? Is is your mom still there? No, we ended up selling it and moving out after only a couple of years. Um, Cause truly my mom was like, I just could never feel at home here. And I was did like, you guys, hmm. did you guys tell like whoever you sold it to? <laughs> we sure didn't. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I was talking truly, I was talking to a psychic friend of mine about this because we both were just sitting. We just love to sit around and talk about like the spiritual world and whatever. And we both were sort of just like going in on my house and sort of like, just sort of like psychically investigating from afar And we both at the same time came to the conclusion that like we sort of were the transitional phase phase that the house needed. And so like with us leaving, the energy sort of left as well. Like it did feel like as we were leaving, the place truly was like at zero. Like it was complete, like there was nothing when we left, Hmm. which I think is kind of wonderful because I think like if you want to like talk big picture, like perhaps us leaving also freed Angela and she was able to move on from that. Oh, that would um, be nice. Yeah. And so it was, it was super crazy and it never stopped being crazy. Like it didn't come in phases. Like literally it was just stuff like that all the time. Wow. Um, so it was super fun. <gasps> There's a ghost in my house. Hi, is this Jocelyn? Oh my God. This is Roz. This is Roz. Hi, how are you? Oh my God. I'm so happy to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Where are you? I am in uh, the Bay Area in Oakland. Oh my gosh. I'm like really hoping to go up there and do a live show soon in like San Francisco. Oh, yes. Yes. I was hoping that would happen. <laughs> I can't wait. I'll be there. <laughs> so um, tell me a ghost story. I heard you grew up in a haunted house. That's right. Yes. And I was like racking my brain. Like, should I start with the haunted house? Because it's got many stories and they all lead to other stories. But I decided on um, actually experience that happened a couple of years ago, not at my house. But yes, my home was very haunted noises in the night. And I saw like a full body apparition once as a child. Um, but I'm going to tell you the story that happened to me in Colfax, actually. Okay. Um, and this is like a gold country, like, um, gold rush and a lot of like very, um, disturbed energy, you know, like there's a lot of things that have happened in time back there, um, with, you know, native land being stolen as well as just a lot of people, being wild west about their gold so anyway that's the uh the context of that land um and i was up there a couple years ago visiting my aunt and family um 
And this one night I had gone to her house and she wasn't home yet. So I had gone to bed and staying in the guest room and around like three o'clock in the morning, I woke up needing to go to the bathroom and it's already like heads up witching hour, but I wasn't thinking about And I go out to uh, the living room and there she is. And we talked for like a couple hours because we hadn't seen each other. And I ended up telling her some ghost stories that had happened just like by coincidence. I was like, oh, did I ever tell you about the time? She's kind of a witchy lady. And so we were a couple of witches gabbing (laughs) in the darkness by the fire and like putting that energy out there, I think, which might have been why what follows happened. So it was about now like five o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, okay, I better get some sleep before the sun comes up because it's hard to do that when the sun starts rising. So I go back to that room and I'm getting all cozy and I start hearing this music playing. Now there's nothing in this room, but books and her grandkids toys. And I'm hearing this song playing like a full on rock symphony, like lots of instruments, very moody and i'm like a rock symphony where, yes like, like there was like trans-siberian orchestra guitar and like drum yes like this was like a very layered song and i'm not a musician i don't know how to play anything but this thing seemed to be like playing in my ears like as if i had earbuds in or something like Whoa. hearing this music very clearly and then these lyrics started and they were all like real like emo and moody too and this voice was like very raspy as it's singing and I'm like getting entranced by it like focusing so hard on these words because I'm like I gotta tell her about this when I wake up and you know I gotta tell my cousins and all this stuff so I'm like focusing really closely on this music that's playing essentially in my head it seems like and then I realized so I'm laying there like kind of fetal position, you know, when you're relaxed and you ha- you're laying on your side with your feet on top of each other. I realized my feet were not touching the bed. They were, like, lifted what? from the bed. Yeah. And I'm, like, not, I'm, like, I'm, like, am I tripping? Like, what's happening? So I try to, like, push my feet back down. And I don't know if anybody, listeners at home, try this. Lay on your side put your feet together on top of each other and lift them a few inches from the the ground. And it takes like muscle strength totally. to have your feet in the air like that, even just a few inches like it was at the time. And I was completely relaxed. My body was not, not a muscle was doing anything. And so I try to push my feet down and I, it was impossible. And in fact, I felt a push back up. Like then they got lifted more and I'm like, holy crap like I have never been touched by a ghost in all the years of living in that my haunted home never did did I feel anything physical so this was like new but was the top half of your body still on the bed yes yes it was just my feet from like my ankles it seemed like my something at my ankles was lifting it and so like that was the only part of me not touching the bed, essentially. And then I guess a little bit more as they got lifted up more. So then I did this trick. And this is why I decided to this story, because there's a, this is a little helpful tip for people. If you um, 
ever watched Paranormal State, there was this psychic on there that I got this from, Chip Coffee. Shout out to Chip. He would say, imagine a door closing. If ever you need to, like, push an entity away, imagine a door closing. So I was like, okay, my feet got lifted up more. I started imagining a door closing. And I did the other strategy that always works for me is, like, trying to say out loud to the ghost, like, back up or something or stop. So I'm imagining the door is closing and then I try to start to speak and I'm realizing that I'm feeling like paralysis. Like I had also had not experienced before. So I have to like, but you hadn't even gone to sleep yet. Right? No, I was dead awake. That's how I knew that this was like, not something that was my imagination because I had just been up for like awake for two hours and was just laying back down in bed. So yeah. So then I'm like, I have to say through gritted teeth, basically stop it. And also again, imagining the door closing. And that's when my feet got pulled (gasps) and not just being lifted. It got pulled so much. So my body like shifted and I was almost on my back and then the music stopped. I realized I wasn't hearing the music anymore and my feet went back down, but it was like after this big jolt of pulling at my legs. And I was like, like what the fuck just happened? It was intense. What? Yeah. I'm so curious about this music too. This, this to me sounds right. like some creative publicity for some emo rock symphony band. Like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play our song in random <laughs> <No>. people's homes. <laughs> we're going to send out a demon to pull people's legs. <laughs> right. Maybe they could have sent a seance. But no, like, and nobody, everybody's asleep in the house. Like, except for maybe my aunt might have not been asleep yet. But like, there was like... Everything was dead quiet. And this is the woods. Like, there's nothing around. Like, some people don't even have internet in this area. But there is, like, a river nearby that's very, like, also, like, a kind of a charged energy. And um, my aunt has experienced a lot of crazy things on that property over the years of living there. So she was, like, not really that surprised, but also was like, whoa, Joss, that's creepy. Like, (laughs) what the heck? Yeah, what so, the heck is that? That isn't is that that's not a human, right? Well, you know, like I was as I've like told the story to people, some theories that we've gotten is like the fact that I was in so entranced by the music, could it have been like a like a seductive type thing like an incubus or something? <gasps> you know, trying to like kind of I don't know, put me into a hypnotic state so then they could just like you know, because they were like gradually must have been lifting my feet as yeah. I was fixated on this music. And then it, and then I just suddenly like realized I'm not feeling anything. There's like a breeze between me, my foot and the bed. So, yeah, it was yeah, an, it probably an incubus with a foot fetish. Or, right. yeah, it, Quentin Tarantino's. Yes. Well, or projecting. There was that band, <laughs> that band incubus. Maybe they were trying to. Oh, right, right. <laughs> they were trying to trance you with their new hit song. Well, they were they were getting me. The music was fire. If I was ever it? like, I've never heard it again. <laughs> but it was like it was a good song, and it was like there was like 
you know, words like bitch and cunt kind of being used in it. And oh, I was wow. like, oh, shit, this is edgy. <laughs> like, where is this coming from? Yeah, but, you, you did um, not get the radio edit. They did the full-on parental advisory. Right, which also <laughs> kind of makes me be like, you know, maybe it was like something other than a ghost because that's kind of that's kind of some weird energy. Wow. Um, so, but at this point, you had had like a bunch of paranormal experiences. So, oh, yeah, my whole life, like as long as I could remember, there'd been sounds in the house. I was like eight the time I first saw like a full body apparition. I haven't seen one since, but like, who was it? I have had. Oh, I don't know. I don't know who it was. This, if I let's see, we have some time. I can try to tell you that story because it's kind of quick. Okay, but like, so in my house it's like three stories sort of like the if you count the basement which is not completely underground so I was up on the top level and I shared a bedroom with um two other siblings and I was on the bunk bed bottom bunk and um I don't know what time it was when I woke up but it was like the dead of night and for some reason I wake up and I just lift my head from my pillow and I look out the wind uh the, the door to the hallway and there's a full-on person standing there, but, like, profile to me. Like, they're not facing me. They're staring at the wall. But they're also, like, they're wearing all white, and it's, like, a very straight-cut, like, uh, white all the way to the ground, long sleeves. And they have very long black hair that, like, goes to their, their knees or something. Ew. And, okay, here it gets a little creepier. They're wearing a blindfold. What? A white blindfold. Yes. So then, like, after, you know, I don't know, it feels like an eternity, but maybe it was just like 30 seconds or a minute. But they then reach back behind their head and start to untie the blindfold. And then they start pulling that blindfold and they're holding it like caught in front of their eyes, like still tight, but over their eyes. And, um, like, just, like, a straight line of cloth. And Uh then still holding it over their eyes, they start to turn their head towards me, (gasps) still having it over their eyes. And I'm like, the next thing is the blindfold coming down. Yeah. And I did not want to see what was behind the blindfold. You know, I'm, like, seven or eight years old. And even at this time, I'd known some things about, like, you know, oh, Native Americans would say the eyes are the windows to the soul and all these things. And, like, we live on a lonely land, and there's a whole lot of tragedy that must come from that. And so I was just sure that there there was going to be something behind those eyes that I didn't feel ready for. And so I just shoved my head down into my pillow and was like, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, and didn't look back at until the morning but that now to the so day i still scary. can't yeah i mean that's I like i can't sleep with my door open anymore ever since like, yes i just like been, complete, i'm 34 now and i like ah! i so. just completely like the imagery you just gave me was amazing like you just told that so well because i can like totally picture this and it sounds like something mm-hmm. terrifying from a horror movie i'm yeah. sorry you experienced that at such a young age well, I'm not because, like, I, you know, I've always felt like maybe my veil is kind of thin. Um, I had, like, a near-death experience as, a, a, like, a week-old baby. And so, like, maybe my thin, I have a very thin veil. Yeah. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, it was definitely like something I can remember, like it happened yesterday. And, um, and I've had things just continue, even when I haven't been at that house, like out elsewhere in other parts of of the world. So um, yeah, I'm so glad I got to tell you that story. Because like, I was like, I can't write this story in, I need to say these words. Yeah. <laughs> like, it really doesn't sell it to just like, write it. So Thank you for having a, a chance for us to call in. And oh, my you. God, of course. And if you keep having stuff happen, uh, hit me up and I'll have you on again. Thank you so much to our listeners today. We had Christina, Emily, Brayden, and Jocelyn. That was so fun. And again, I'd love to have you on as well. Please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you have a ghost story that you don't want me to call you and talk about on the show, you could leave it there. Or you could just, you know, write a nice review. Or don't write anything. Just give us five stars. And um, join the Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Dresfalez. And um, follow me on Instagram and Cameo, Roz Dresfalez, another great Christmas present. So if you want to see me live this weekend, I have my show at the world-famous Hollywood Improv. It is going to be so much fun because we have got Sam Pancake there. We've got Dwayne Perkins. We have got Chris Fairbanks. We've got Naomi Ekparrigan. It's a, it's a great lineup. It is at 9 p.m. at the world-famous Hollywood Improv Lab in Hollywood, California. That is this Saturday, the 14th of December. And then the 15th, I am so honored to be hosting the first ever Ross's Dragtastic Bubbly Brunch in Ontario, which is um, at the Ontario Improv Comedy Club and Ross Matthews will be there and Monique Hart from RuPaul's Drag Race and Trinity K. Bonet and all the queens and I'll be the host and I'd love to see you there if you live in that area. And once again, I want to tell you about the live Ghosted, which is the 21st of January. Get your tickets on brownpapertickets.com. You guys, I love you all. Both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! A podcast network.